I'm Bob Sewell. I'm a lawyer. In fact, I'm a partner at the law firm of Davis Miles McGuire Gardner. I started this podcast because my clients always ask me, is that even legal? I want to discuss on this podcast how the law affects us and changes our daily lives. I hope you enjoy the show. I hope it is meaningful to you and I hope you learn from it. Thank you. Christopher Melcher, thank you for coming on the podcast. Is that even legal? I really appreciate you coming on. You've been on all the major news news outlets, Fox, CNN, and you know you've been international uh, in Australia. It's really quite an impressive resume for your um, media appearances. And now you are on the Humble Podcast. Is that even legal? So thank you for coming on our podcast. Well, thanks for having me. And I, I enjoy this format of more of a conversation and getting into the legal issues rather than those soundbite interviews. So I'm really happy to have been invited. Well, that's good. I'm, I, I'm looking forward to talking to you. And this is a really interesting subject today. It's the subject of Britney Spears. Now, Britney Spears, she's a celebrity, obviously, and everyone talks about Britney Spears. She is hounded in her life and has been for decades. One of the things that is most curious that's going on with her right now is her conservatorship case. And I do a lot of guardian conservator work, and I'll talk discuss what that means in because it means something different in every state. But in a, in a second, I'll, so I'll talk about that in a second. But what is curious about Britney Spears is here's a very productive person. She works. She runs social media. She makes an incredible amount of money. She has a conservatorship, and that's not what I've seen people typically have a conservatorship over. So for the layperson, a conservatorship can mean different things in different states. In Arizona, we have a guardian and a conservator titles, and the guardian's over someone's body, healthcare decisions, and a conservator's over someone's money. So when you lack capacity, for whatever reason, either dementia, chronic intoxication, drug use, maybe you're in a coma, all those types of things, and you need to manage your healthcare decisions, you get a guardian. And you need to manage your business decisions, you get a conservator. That's how it works in Arizona. In California, I understand that goes under a different umbrella, and they call those things conservatorship. Am I, am I right there? That, that's right. These are extreme measures that um, the state would impose uh, on an individual, an adult, to um, take away their ability to make decisions over their life and their money uh, when they're unable to do so for themselves. <clears throat> and so the, uh, these are reserved for people who um, cannot do that, not that um, are kind of down on their luck or have bad judgment or just going through a bad phase in their life. These people uh, cannot resist fraud or undue influence, so they need the protection on their finances, or they cannot properly, safely take care of basic needs like food, clothing, and shelter to the extent that 
someone else has to make those decisions, and that would be an appointed uh, relative or uh, professional. And the relationship there is much like a parent and child. So we would have somebody appointed uh, to take care of this other person, uh, again, like a parent would do for a child. So how did we get here? How does someone so incredibly famous, so incredibly capable, need a conservator? Well, it was because of her fame and that caused her an incredible amount of stress and that she broke down. And at the moment in her her life, I mean, she was famous as a very young person and she kind of grew up um, being famous. And then as she got older, she had um, the the loss of her relationship with, with her husband and um, then going through a custody battle with regard to her young children. And that's very difficult personal um, dispute to have for any of us. But here she was going through that publicly. And one of the times that she broke down, she went out to go uh, see her children and was denied. And then coming back at a gas station, the paparazzi had been following her, knew that she was going to be there, probably leaked. And she lost it and attacked the paparazzi's car. Now, uh, I could see that happening to a lot of people, getting pushed and triggered. Being a famous person, this was on tape and then repeated over and over again. And that was that was overwhelming for her. Because, uh, and, and so I do see that she needed help at that moment. It was overwhelming. And um, so back then, and we're talking, I don't know, it might have been 13 years ago, that's when the breakdown happened. We haven't seen anything public since. Yeah, that's what's weird about this is we really don't know what's going on behind closed doors, do we? We we don't. Um, and we saw those public issues going on, shaving the head, attacking the paparazzi's car. But ever since then, you know, she's she's lived this had this private life except while she's performed and had some social media interactions. And we don't see anything unusual going on there that would justify a conservatorship. And actually what we're seeing happening in all these years is contrary to the need for a conservatorship. My understanding is, is that initially the conservatorship was brought against her and then she volunteered for it to continue and, um, and has yet to ask for it to end. And I know we're going to get into that aspect of it, but I could see the under I could see the incident that happened all those years ago that that caused her uh, her family to say we need to help her, uh, but we're just not seeing that now. This type of conservatorship, what does it actually do? Like, what what type of constraints would be upon someone if they had the exact same conservatorship as Britney Spears? We have in California two types of conservatorships. She has both. And the first is a conservator over the person, and that controls their liberty interests, where they're going to live, who they're going to see, and where they're going to go. So she has a conservator appointed for that purpose. I believe it's Jody Montgomery. And then uh, she has a conservator over the estate, which is controlling her finances. The, uh, it's taking away the ability to enter into contracts 
and the ability to spend money. That is controlled by your father at the moment, Jamie and Bessemer Trust. So she has both both types. Wow. I mean, yeah, that 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 seems odd. Again, she's incredibly productive financially. She could perform. It's nothing like I've ever seen. You know, in when I see conservators over people who have had a break, either through drug use or or some sort of mental break, the judge pushes hard on that. The judge pushes back really, really hard. The opposing side pushes back really, really hard, at least in this state. It It's not a foregone conclusion that you're going to have a conservatorship when someone is competent to do the types of things she's doing. And that's what really blows my mind. Well, it does. And the only way that I understand it is that it's voluntary and that she she conceded to the partnership, I mean, to the conservatorship being imposed against her and has not asked for it to end. She asked for her dad to be removed, which was denied. But she has not asked for it to be terminated. And she actually wanted um, this. I think it's Jody Montgomery is the one appointed over her person. And uh, so it is highly unusual. We do recognize in California the right for someone to volunteer for a conservatorship to be appointed over them. So that would be obviously somebody who who has the capacity to to understand that they need help. Um, but the court still should be uh, reluctant, like you're you're saying, to even impose it uh, when somebody wants it. And in a situation like this, if at all, it should have been temporary. And I'm talking maybe 90 days or something like that. Right. Maybe a year I could see at the most. We don't understand why it's going on now other than the fact that she has not asked that it end. And if she's not going to ask that it end, it'll probably continue on. That's a, you know, one of the things that I'm curious about is, you know, in, in this country, you have a right to screw up your life, right? I mean, if I want to spend my money in Vegas and blow it, that's fine. That's fine in this country. I could go broke spending my money. If I want to spend my money on girlfriends, I could do it. I could spend my money wasting it on girlfriends. But what we're seeing here is, is she can't have the same, she doesn't have the same privilege. Yeah, that liberty is is taken away. We don't know exactly the, the parameters of it. Um, you know, like, for example, can she vote? Uh, what health care decisions can she make? We don't know some of those details, but it is, it is um, an extreme measure that makes really no sense at this point in time because she can work and work is a high function. And like you're saying is there's plenty of people who, who aren't able to really um, pull it together in their life. They're, they can't hold a job. They, they may even be temporarily homeless at times. They may have drug and alcohol abuse. They may have anger problems. They may have horrific judgments. None of those have conservators appointed. Now, maybe they should, get some help. But this is really for extreme cases. 
we've seen the statistic about 1.2 million people in the United States have conservators. We're only talking about wow. one of them at the moment. And all these other folks um, may need that. They may be developmentally disabled. They may be yeah. institutionalized. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but they may be clearly um, so disabled that they need one. But then maybe there's other people who are under the same kind of situation. In my view, you should be able to tell as a common, you know, untrained individual whether somebody needs a conservatorship after talking to them for two minutes. Yeah. And, what, and tell you, me about that. What do you mean? Well, that just like we don't need to be trained to know if somebody's drunk, you figure it out within two minutes. This person's intoxicated. If somebody's insane, you would figure that out within two minutes. Uh, if, and, and to me, that um, if somebody lacks the capacity to the extent that the government needs to step in and appoint somebody to make decisions over their life and take those rights away from them, if we can't figure that out after a two-minute conversation, they don't need a conservator. That's my, te that's my simple test. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't talked to Brittany, so maybe she wouldn't <laughs> pass the two-minute test. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean – the um the, the i have like i said i've done guardian conservator work and what i've seen when people are have effectively been put under government control is not what i'm seeing with the outward public persona britney spears i typically see someone who is either intoxicated, like the type of person, not the type of person who goes on a bender a couple times a month, but the type of person who passes out for days, you know, passes out, has blackouts, is, you know, th th that type of person, the, the type of person who could be duped into, into a contract. That's who I'm looking, that's who I'm looking at, that type of person that could be duped into a contract. You know, I'm not seeing people who, who, who would effectively be under a conservatorship that, you know, just simply make bad decisions. What's the difference? Well, why is this, what's the difference in your typical conservatorship that you're seeing and this unique case of Britney Spears? Well, this is this is unique because they've even admitted in court papers that she's a a a, a high functioning conservatee, and to me, those words should never be strung together. Uh, yeah. You know, if you're high functioning, you're you're not a conservatee. You shouldn't be placed under these restrictions. My guess, and it's only a guess or a hunch, is that she finds protection in this. That she's scared because she has been really abused by the paparazzi. And it's all because of our interest in her life so much that they sell papers and, and we're going to pay the meet the paparazzi to get this stuff. And so she might find this comforting that these decisions and her big decisions in her life don't need to be made by her, that she has somebody protecting her and looking out for her. That's one theory why she hasn't asked it to end. Um, Another theory is, is that there's things going on in the background that we don't know about because they're happening in private that 
completely justify a conservator. The other theory is, is that this is all being controlled um, against her will and that she's basically a puppet and can't express herself. Um, I don't buy that um, because she does have court-appointed counsel who could speak for her, who has spoken for her in going against her father, asking for her father to be removed. And they that the attorney could have just as easily said terminate the whole thing and didn't. The counter argument there is, well, the attorney's getting paid and why would they want to stop this? Because they won't get paid. And I, I, I just I don't buy that. I don't, yeah, I don't I don't see that. I'm 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 hoping nothing like that's going on, but we do see recently a two million dollar fee request being made on Jamie's side. And so Jamie's getting Wow. I don't know if it was like $15,000 or a little bit more a month, plus 2000 a month allowance for his office, and then a tremendous amount of attorney's fees for his lawyer. So there's definitely a financial incentive on, on his side to continue it. N- not to say that that's what's motivating him, but it's that there's a lot of money to be made off of conserving Brittany. You know, you raise an interesting point about the conservatorship process in general. Conservatorships cost money. Even the most simple, even the most simple, you know, cases, mom is now incompetent and needs someone to manage your affairs. This costs money. Is this a good system? Well, it can be. One, one thing I keep keeps kind of coming into my mind is Michael Jackson. Yeah. And he he met a tragic death because he could not uh, resist this drug use that he had and and that people were around him that were, you know, not caring for him. And maybe that was by his design that he had these folks around uh, because they weren't telling him no. But if he had somebody step in and take control of his life. He might be alive today. So I could see the benefit um, in that a case where he was literally killing himself, literally killed himself through drug use. Um, and, and, you know, but here, after all these years and after all that money, it doesn't make a lot of sense. On the other hand, um, somebody with a complex estate, making lots of money, an entertainer, they're going to need professional management. So some of those fees were going to be incurred, whether she had a conservator or not. She's going to have management and people helping her uh, in all kinds of aspects of her life. So there's going to be a cost for Brittany to run run the show uh, for her, whether it's by a court appointed or not. Yeah, I, I don't disagree there. She managing the Britney Spears estate would be incredibly complex. You would be constantly bombarded by media. You'd be constantly bombarded by people wanting to hire her, contracts. You would be constantly consulting attorneys about these contracts. It would be a full-time job plus to manage the conservatorship of Britney Spears. There's no way around it. And and to some degree, I don't really, I'm not really surprised by the cost of the conservatorships. 
one thing that I see in my practice, though, that is disturbing and frustrating is, though, just that this process to get control, the process of, protect, of protecting someone's assets, even under simple circumstances, is often just debilitating financially for the average person. Britney Spears, I understand her, some people say her estate is $70 million. Her estate can handle a couple million dollars of fees every year. She's not going to be hurting. Other people, regular folks, that's a different story. And I, and I wonder if, you know, it, at least here in this state, I often wonder, do we have the best system? Because it just seems very odd for me to go they, to expose your, a, a middle-class estate and a middle-class person and someone who has dementia or some other mental, mental uh, problem and to expose it to uh, expose it to the to the you know this system that is adversarial. Yeah, I I hear that, um, but then the 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 other side of it is is and I've I've had a had a gentleman that uh, I was close with had um, fell victim to this uh, Nigerian prince scheme. Yeah, and he was a a business colleague, very bright guy, an attorney. And we learned that he had sent, I mean, it might have been north of a million dollars of cash overseas. And it was these scams. And it was because he was losing his capacity. He didn't understand. There was no way he would, you could put anything past this guy a year earlier. But he he lost his capacity and he sent maybe a million dollars overseas, got scammed. Um, was being taken advantage of in the household. And um, and then when anyone like myself or anyone else close to him, the banks won't talk to you. No. They, they won't release no, they information. Healthcare providers um, not going to release medical information. Yep. So here you know somebody's being hurt and and they're doing it to themselves in a way you know they're the ones going to the bank making the wire transfers or they're the ones doing this other destructive conduct and you want to stop them but then everyone else is saying well hey they're an adult we can't share information you don't make have the right to make decisions so there are cases where it yes it's going to be expensive but it's for their own protection and then you figure well why is it so expensive well look at who we need to put into into um, control. We can't have, we need to have somebody who understands their fiduciary duty when they're in that position so they don't take their money um, or abuse them. So there has to be oversight and training um, of this person. And that, and it's, it, it could be a full-time job. And unless it's a relative who's willing to do it for free, somebody's got to get paid for it. Yeah. You know, I think the hardest cases, and you've obviously got to have experience seeing these things happen. I think for me, the hardest cases are the borderline cases. What do you do with the person who who is obviously um, obviously going downhill, but isn't quite gone? 
And I've been, and and for me, and I and I don't know if you uh, want to comment on this or not, but for me, I think one of the hardest, one of the best things that happened, not the hardest, one of the best things that happened is whoever becomes the opposing counsel and becomes so incredibly important um, when you have the hard case. You know, I've had that case where the person is, uh, the person is chronically intoxicated. Well, what's the first thing they do when they find out that they, that, that, that when that person who's chronically intoxicated, what, what's the first thing they do when they find out they're about ready to lose all their liberties? They sober up. It's a wake up call. Yeah. How long could they maintain it? I don't know. You know, what does he do when, when that person who is, uh, who is starting to dement, but still ha- has their faculties uh, for the most part, and has already been victim of crime, but doesn't want to lose control. And one of the things I do in that situation is I always say to the opposing counsel, if you win this case, what happens to your client? How, how hard do you want to, how, how much do you want to win? And usually I get the pause on the other end. And then, and then the person gets some protection, maybe, maybe short of a conservatorship, short of a guardianship, but the person has some sort of protection in place at that point to, at that point to protect them. Yeah. Th- this is such a hard thing that you're, you're, you're pointing to. And um, so part of it is, the, you know, physical versus mental uh, disability. So physical disability, we know somebody's hooked up to a respirator or something like that. Obviously they can't take care of themselves. The mental disability or substance abuse issues could go in and out. And um, with that gentleman that I referred to earlier, he had um, he had named me as his successor trustee. I didn't really realize, you know, like the the import when he asked me. And I said, oh, sure, I'm honored. Sure. <laughs> and uh, so here he's he's been the victim of this crime, he, he, you know, of, of, of the 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 theft of all of his money and um he he's he's in dire straits and i knew from the trust that um for me to take over we needed two doctors because that's the way his trust was written that there had right. to be two doctors saying that he was incapacitated so we had the treating doctor saying yeah he's incapacitated then i hired a second independent doctor to have him examined in the hospital and that doctor said absolutely this person is incapacitated well my guy got better uh, wow. A day later, and the treating said no longer incapacitated, <sighs> and it, it's like okay, uh, good for him, but uh, okay, this I know this what he's going straight to the bank to send the rest of his money to Nigeria, so it's it can be fleeting, and yeah, relationships with opposing counsel are super important in every case, and that's what makes us professionals. Is we have colleagues and we can talk and. Uh, not to say that we're not serving our clients' interests. We are serving our clients' interests when we can we can have those conversations and and work together, uh, even though we're we're technically adversarial. Yeah. So let's get back to Britney Spears for a second. What's it gonna? What would it take for Britney Spears to actually come out from underneath a the guardian the conservatorship? So first she needs to ask. And uh, so, 
she'll need to make a request, which she can do at any time of the court to terminate the conservatorship, and there'll be a hearing on that. The court would look at um, her history here all these years under the conservatorship, whether there was incidents going on. There would be some evaluations done by social workers or mental health professionals to or medical doctors to opine on what her condition is. Court would talk to her and see what her intentions are. I think if she asks for the the termination of the conservator over her person, meaning the the orders that limit where she can live and who she can see and where she could go, but then say, let's leave the one over the estate, over her finances intact, that would be a good tactical move for her to make because it would show that um, she's thinking through this in steps. She's going after the one that really restricts her liberty the most while leaving in the financial protections in place for a bit longer to wait mm-hmm. and see. Yeah. That's what I would advise her to do. I think that the court would 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 be swayed by that. Um, and the court's concern, I think, on all these conservators when they're when they've been in place for so long is they don't want to make a mistake. They don't want to say, sure. Oh, you want to end this? Let me end this. And then all of a sudden somebody's taken advantage of or gotten hurt. So yeah. that's their concern. But I think if the rational approach were taken, hey, you know, let me make decisions over my person fine, um, but we'll keep the ones over the finances in place for a bit longer and then maybe let some time go by and hit that one. That would be a successful approach. And I really think she needs to do something because her fans in this free Britney movement are all people who really care for her and looking out for her and think that this is being done against her will. And the fact that she doesn't ask for it to end um, only feeds that. And now she's becoming famous for being under a conservatorship, not famous for what she's famous for, which is, you know, being an entertainer. Yeah. When, I don't know if you saw that, um, that documentary framing Britney Spears. I, I, I saw that documentary. Um, what blows my mind about Britney is she, that her persona is a and is a multi-billion dollar industry. I mean the the from the paparazzi to the reporters to her own personal it's amazing. Yeah, I mean it it's it is amazing what what she has created um and from a very young age and then had the staying power that people love her and and still want to know more yeah and yeah there's there's a lot going on there and and i think about the las vegas residency that she did and and that would be grueling i couldn't imagine because when i've gone to las vegas and i see these residencies it's like wow this seems like you're you're, you got to be locked in a hotel room the whole day in this awful place and then doing these performances, singing the same songs every night. I mean, it just almost seems like a prison sentence, but you know, and it's, it's gotta be excruciating amount of work. And if she's able to do that, um, I just don't understand why she can't make basic decisions. Yeah. Like who's, who your friends are, Chris, one of the, you're, you represent, have, have represented, and represent a number of celebrities. And one of the things that we normal people want to know is how are their lives different from ours? How are their legal problems different from ours? So 
They're not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. And, and this is the thing is that um, we, all are, we all are people. We're all the same. Um, we all have the same type of problems at, at a very, very basic level. Okay. Right. So certainly other people's lives are more complicated than others, but yeah. we all have the same problems in relationships with our parents, with our spouses, with our kids, with our coworkers. We all have these problems and some are better at resolving it than the others. And um, celebrities are no different. And so when I first started doing this work, and I was never really that impressed by celebrities mm -hmm. anyway, so it was a little bit easier for me. But I found like, wow, these these people are just exactly like me and everybody else. We got we got we're all just humans. And um, but I think what happens to them is they get treated as if they're not. They're just some kind yeah. of demagogue or something like that. Yeah. And, and then everyone's catering to them. And then they start believing that they're special. And because they've been put in that bubble, they lack uh, any understanding of how normal life works. And so <laughs> yeah. that's what makes it different. It's not the it's not being going through a unique legal problem like a divorce, like a lot of people, unfortunately, do. It's how they react to it, which is with incredibly low emotional maturity um, because they haven't, um, and not, I'm just generalizing, but Yo, some right, right, right. Have not saying been, anyone specific. Yeah. Not anybody specific, but some, some of them have been never had anyone say no to them. Anyone challenge them. They're in control. And when we're going through a legal case, we're not in control. We have a oh. court making decisions. We have opposing counsel taking pot shots at us, and it's very yes. difficult. And it damages their brand. And that's why celebrities have learned to keep their divorces quiet. And that is an, another difference between the, the normal people, I will call it, and celebrities is those cases do not last that long. I make more money off of non-celebrity cases than I do celeb cases because the celebs know better than to fight. And uh, they want out. They want to get these cases settled, done and quietly so they don't destroy their brand. But it's the rest of us that are dumb and fighting in court when we should be settling. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I could see if everyone treated you as special. And when you go to court, no one treats you special. The judge can't stand you. You know, the opposing counsel can be mean. Yeah, it's tough. Christopher, thank you for coming on the show. It's been really nice to have you. And I hope to have you on again some other time. Thank you. Folks, thank you for listening. This has been the podcast, Is That Even Legal? A discussion of what's legal. Just as a reminder, this is not legal advice for you. This is general information. It's meant to be educational. If you have specific legal needs, don't be afraid to reach out to an attorney to get good legal advice. Attorneys are lovable. They're fun. They want to hear from you. See you next time.